Thank you for welcoming us into your headphones. I am Chema. I'm Nikki. And I'm Eddie. Reviewing Soul. And this, this is a rollback. This is a rollback. We didn't time it hey. that well that time. I forgot we were trying to do that. It's a new thing. Yeah, it's a new thing. Hopefully, hopefully it stays. Um, Eddie, um, we had an ongoing joke when we started Film Buffs Anonymous on the first few episodes. You kept bringing up, you kept talking about this girl on, on every couple episodes. And for a while, I was like, she's not real. And turns out she, she very much is real. And, and, and she's joining us here today. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi, Nikki. What's up? Oh, I guess that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that? It wasn't someone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, Make, making sort of her debut? She was on like a questionnaire part of the uh, complaint. That's about it. Well, I've been a longtime subscriber too, so. The original <laughs> subscriber. Yes. Yeah. So welcome, Nikki. I'm glad, glad to have your, your voice here. Always welcome. Um, and also, I know that if you're here, Ed is going to behave, so. That's always Fuck fun. you. <laughs> if anything, I'll turn it up. Oh, really? Some... I got something to prove now. <laughs> you try to be defiant. <laughs> <laughs> I will edit around this. You know that, right? Okay, so. Um, <laughs> and if you, if, if you stop hearing my voice after this, it's because I've been cut. Um, yeah, uh, so Pixar, Disney... Disney Pixar has released a new film, Pete Doctor, who I truly believe is the greatest Pixar director ever. Sorry, Brad Bird. He comes in, uh, I mean, look look at the man's history. He did Up, he did Monster Sync, he did Inside Out, and now he did Soul, a pseudo-spiritual uh, sequel to Inside Out, carries a lot of the same values, a lot of the same ideas, but points them into a new direction. We follow the story of uh, Joe Gardner, who's a middle school teacher with a love for jazz music. After a successful gig at the Half Note Club, he suddenly gets into an accident that separates his soul from his body and is transported into the U Seminar, a center in which souls develop and gain passions before being transported as a newborn child. Joe must enlist help from the other souls in training, like 22, a soul who has spent eons in the U Seminar in order to get back to earth so this dropped into everyone's disney plus accounts uh right in in december 25th on christmas night and uh if you're like me you watched it together with your family while being locked up at home i assume a lot of people did the same thing uh i'll be very very direct i love this film and i really want to talk about it i want to hear what you guys have to say sure you want to go first what um, you well i just thought it was interesting that pixar uh decided to talk about death that's really fun. Sorry, just going in on there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pixar is really good at talking about the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they, they talked about uh, in Up, you know, she wasn't able to have children. They touched upon that topic and death. They touched upon, uh, you know, losing your loved, not necessarily losing your loved ones, but like um, trying to find your place in the world with Toy Story, and, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Inside Out was in, you know, a, a ground, genuinely a groundbreaking film that therapists are, to my understanding, are still using today to help children process their emotions. I can and confirm. Fucking, <laughs> and yeah, I fucking leave it to Pixar to change the game again with Soul, you know, a film that talks about death in so many ways mm -hmm. and makes it okay. I want to be, uh, I want to be very direct because I have some words that I need to eat. Uh, the first episode that we recorded for this new version of the podcast was about the movie Onward, which was at the start of the year. Yeah. And I, I was very specific when I said, I love Pixar. I think they always do great stuff. I've become stale with them. I think Onward was like a movie that existed. And I thought, okay, you're the best. You're the best studio. But this is not the best product that you're giving me. Uh, when I saw that movie, I said, this is, this is okay. It, it shouldn't be just okay. It should be the better. It should be the best. Like you can't claim to be, you know, by right to be the best if you're not giving us the best. And I don't know if they heard. I don't know what really was the driving force behind that decision. But man, what, the whole time that I was watching the start of the film, because the movie takes a while for the, the opening credits to start. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not until he falls to his death 
that, that that we see, you know, Disney Pixar present, and then we, we we start to see the film. The second that I saw the animation for the for the for the whole uh, Great Beyond and everything, I thought, "Ooh, they're getting experimental, mm-hmm. nice." <laughs> and yeah, they proved they they shut me the hell up. That's this is exactly the kind of thing that I wanted to see. It, it's it, not only is it good, not only if it, is it a fantastic film, but it it takes all the Pixar values and all the Pixar ideas that we always see and they push them forward. This movie feels like evolution. It feels like, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, we got into the Spider-Verse. And to me, that is the last movie that ever mattered in the past few years. Like it was so good. It was, but the thing that I mostly wanted to do more than win Oscars or or make a billion dollars, I wanted it to be influential. And I feel like we're starting to see that because the movie, the, the animation in this movie, more than just when it looks hyper-realistic in the real human world, when they're in the in the soul world, God, everything about the animation was wonderful. The blacks, the lights, uh, the Jerry's. We got to talk about the Jerry's. I love the Jerry's. Well, you and, said how trippy they looked. Like, they yeah. were very... Well, it was fun to see, like, the different abstracts. So you were seeing the different yeah. dimensions within the movie. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. By the so, animation alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie was a trip. And yeah, Pixar, I think, yeah, knocked it out of the park. This is exactly the thing I wanted to see from them. I wanted to see greatness and I wanted to see evolution. And I think I, we, we totally got it from this one. Um, sorry, Nikki, I think the Jerry's and the Terry, I, for some reason, and I maybe I'm overthinking this. Did you notice how they were just two dimensional beings? Yeah. I feel like that's like that was done on purpose. Like, you know, we're three dimensional figures. They're more constructs to just, and that's just digging on the surface. I'm pretty sure there's so much more. Um, well, I like how it kind of touched the Matrix vibes. Yeah. Where it was kind of saying, like, well, we're all technically not real or present. Mm-hmm. It's more like we're abstracts of thought. Mm hmm. Or what we want to see, kind of thing. It was like meta to like the fifth degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just uh, God. Every every step that they took. I I let's talk about the Jerry's. I love the Jerry's. <laughs> One of the Jerry's was voiced by uh, Richard Oaid, who has uh, who, he was Moss in the IT crowd. He's one of my favorite actors, and he's a great director too. And his voice just really fits the Jerry's. He's, he has a very squeaky voice, and. Uh, it, 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 it really fit there. I, I, I love it every time that they're on screen. They move like they could be anything. I like how they, they expanded on themselves, how, how they took the souls and they carried them. They just, and, and also everyone, all the Jerry's had like these voices that were very comforting. <laughs> and just every time that we're in the soul world, it never feels dangerous, even when they're in the part that's supposed to be dangerous. I, I like how... Uh, first of all, they tackle the subject head on. They, they, when Joe asked, like, are we in heaven? It's like, no. It's like, and, and the logistics are saying, hell, like, hell, hell, hell. <laughs> yeah, I like how it tackled that. Like, it, every question that we had about where they are and what's happening was answered immediately. Uh, the movie's only like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no time is wasted. Like, no scene feels like it's too long. And I feel like every and, and any question that we, that we have is answered almost immediately. And the ones that we're, that we're going to form later are answered also also later. Uh, it plays with you in that, in, the, in that way. It does a similar thing that Inside Out did, like at the end where we see the, the core memory being formed with two different emotions. Uh, I, I like how they also did a, a same thing here. Like, oh, it's not like the thing that drives you is your passion, your spark. It's not like the thing that you're the thing that you live for. It's just a thing that's there. Um, yeah, I thought uh, it, it carried off the, the message from inside out, but it expanded upon you know, upon it. And yeah, I, I, I just, oh God, the, the setup and everything for this, I think it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I love that aspect of the whole, like, just because it's your passion does not mean like that's your only thing in life. And that was kind of, that was the message of uh, Joe Gardner's life because all it was was jazz. But the thing is, all it was was jazz you know yeah he never really appreciated you know all the little things in the world you know um at 22 could show him you know after his uh after his apparent you know uh death you know his soul gets separated from his body yeah um 
and this is jumping forward a bit, but we'll jump back real quick. Just the fact that 22 is in his body, she's able to appreciate all the things that he kind of takes for granted every day. Just the taste of pizza, you know, the 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 beauty in uh, nature, you know, just walking around, enjoying the little things in life, you know, those little aspects. Um, We got that sense kind of early on that he wasn't really enjoying life. He was just living. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it was kind of. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of dappled. Sorry about that. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to touch base that also it was said throughout the whole show through the characters. Mm-hmm. Like we met Des, a funny barber who yeah. didn't actually actually have life as planned mm-hmm. for him, but he chose this path. He was happy. In, yeah. yeah, in order to find the benefit for his kid, right? Yeah, And now he found purpose and meeting new friends every day through the chair. Yeah. And also Dorothy Williams, she says a little tidbit about uh, a fish. Uh, just to do a direct quote, it says, I heard this story about a fish. He swims up to an older fish and says, I'm trying to find this thing called the ocean. The ocean, the older fish says, that's what you're here. You're here in it right now. This says that, and then <laughs> this is water. What I want is the ocean. So it's kind of like saying about, I guess the, what is it? The generation now, not a really appreciating life. And it's about the instant gratification instead of actually uh, taking the time to smell the roses, right? Yeah. So it's kind of talking uh, throughout the show about how life is precious. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like how all these characters kind of have it. They don't have it together, but they have it like a little bit more than he does. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of open to helping him. Like there's like if we see the film, uh, the second time that I was watching it, I realized there's no real villain in the movie. Like there's no bad guy. There's no, there's no I mean, Terry's not really a villain. He's just kind of doing his job. Yeah. He's just there. Um, he just wants to, you know, close everything that was that, that was reopened. He's, 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 uh, job is to count and uh, i like how they they kept that going you, you know it's it's really a race against time it's just uh they're, they're just trying to get this get this thing solved i also like how we took all place in like a day day and a half that's true this yeah. film is pretty contained yeah um yeah uh there's just so much go- going on in there and probably the most beautiful scene in the in the movie is the the scene where he where he gets like he gets it like he he comes back home after after playing the gig and he's playing the piano and he sees the objects that, that were left in his pocket and he he plays and he realizes what he says and he we see that the those without dialogue we see so much of him just understanding everything just remembering what he said before and seeing those scenes and that scene where 22 is in his body and he's lying in the in the floor and he and all the air is coming up and he's just looking up and it's just everything clicks so well with everything that, that that's happening and i feel like people even people who don't who have never thought about what's happening this movie does such a great job in explaining it that but never in a way where you don't feel spoon-fed but you don't feel dumb while watching it like like mm-hmm. everything just it makes you feel good that you understand it, but it's not really hard to understand. It, it, mm-hmm. it finds a very nice sweet spot, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, one thing, one character we haven't really touched upon very much is 22, and what a hell of an outlet she, an outlet <laughs> she is. From yeah. going from like a comedic punchline to a really deep character that I think we all realize reflects, um, I don't want to say a mental illness, but like she's a very much a reflection of a, uh, I want to say depression. Uh, I might be wrong with that. It's a little bit of depression. I think also a little bit of, uh, of um, you know, it's kind of hard to move forward when you've never experienced. <laughs> the whole point of her is that, well, her name is 22. That's obviously a reference to Cash 22, which is, uh, which is you know, that novel where they, where, where they talk about that uh, reverse thing where, you know, how, how do they explain it? It's it's the how do they call it? Uh, um, yeah, kind of. Where they where they where the example that they use is uh, oh you can't get this job because you don't have the experience. Well, how am I gonna have the experience if I if I if you don't give me this job? Mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. that's a that's a catch twenty two. So same thing with her with her with her as well. You can't. She doesn't know how to enjoy life because she's never lived it. And yeah, I like how they they balance that that going in. And Tina Fey is perfect, perfect for that. Like her voice just <laughs> shines through the entire film, and she manages to to do that very well. So. Yeah, I love 22. I think she's a great character. Uh, my own, Literally, my only nitpick of the film is that, you know how all the souls kind of look alike? Because they're, they're souls, they, they don't really have form. If she was going to be the soul that we're going to follow, I kind of would have liked if she had a different design, just so she would pop off for, for, from the others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, whole, the whole thing is that there's like a several hundred billion, million uh, souls, and they all kind of look the same. And then, oh, she's 22, because she's from the first batch. Yeah. And she still has she still hasn't made it. I don't know. I, I kind of would have liked if they had given her like a different design, just just so it could be like easier to track it the screen. And also, I don't know. They they probably could have you know made a crap ton of dolls out of that. Um, yeah. Well, that. for me, um, I yeah. thought it was perfect. Like it was kind of showing the similarities of the other souls, but at the same time, she was different mm-hmm. by her yeah. like rosy cheeks and then also yeah. the sarcastic eyes that she had. Yeah. So that was interesting. I don't know. I kind of mm-hmm. liked uh, the design of it. It was mm-hmm. not going too far. Like she's her, she is her own thing, but at the same time, she's everybody else. Like she's a yeah. a being, mm-hmm. a soul. Yeah. Um, a nobody, as she calls herself. <laughs> a nobody. Well, literally, a nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the, right when Joe meets her and, you know, this is after, you know, he's gotten the gig he needs to show up, but he dies, so he's trying to find a way to get home. Uh, and here he decides, oh, I need to get one of their souls and steal the sticker so I can go back home and stuff. Yeah. Um, after all that, they go into a bit of a montage. You know, they think he's, I think, Borgen, Borgatov or something like that, right? <laughs> the um, most Swedish name they could think of. <laughs> and yeah. and fucking end, uh, we just see, like, you know, all these souls that tried to help her that failed, you know. Mother Teresa, you know. I love everyone, but I hate you. you know, and Mongolia is like, you sting like a bee because you bug me so much. I mean, all these incredible souls, all these incredible yeah. human beings talking about how crappy she is. And initially, we take that as a punchline. Like, oh, that's hilarious. That's funny. <clears throat> but near the film's climax, when, you know, we're kind of in 22's mind, you know, a bit. And she's in the the void, I guess, the, the, the negative area where she's in the zone, but the bad zone. We see those voices coming back and confronting her. And you hear the exact same lines in yeah. the most negative way. Because imagine history's greatest human beings, you know, the greatest saints, athletes, uh, geniuses, you know, all these people telling you, you suck. Yeah. That's going to wear on you. Yeah. It, like... That's something else, and it's very, uh, I guess, illuminating. I guess, at least for me, it was what well, was a punchline in one scene was very much not only a put down, but also a uh, very hard strike to the soul, no pun intended, uh, in, a, in a different context. You know, ah, it's funny until it's not, yeah. And uh, I think that's that goes to the relatability and the seriousness of the film when it comes to mental illness or you know, depression and when I'm dealing with these situations she very much had a front from the very beginning. She always had a front up um, until you get through that, how the hard outer exterior and, you know, you are good enough, you know, and, and I thought this film did an amazing job at that, at, at displaying not just the signs, but also, you know, the, how to confront it, I guess, how to, how to cope with that. I agree. Yeah. Um, God, there's so much here. Um, there was a when when the movie was first announced and we saw the first trailer. All we saw was like the opening scene where like oh he gets the gig. He's really excited. He falls and he he dies. He just becomes a soul. He just meets twenty two and that was that was all we saw about the trailer. We saw nothing. So much like what they did with uh, with a couple other Pixar films where they just hide like the a whole two thirds of the plot. Um, this includes everything regarding them switching bodies. Or, well, she being in his body, he being in the cat body. Um, I thought that was excellent. I think, I think it, really, it really helped in the humor. It, they, they, they allowed the characters to you know, exist and, and, and coexist with, with each other. It kind of reminded me of an Inside Out when uh, the girl can only exist with uh, three emotions, which is anger, disgust, and uh, fear. And she cannot feel neither joy nor sadness. 
Um, I, I, I like how, how we got to experience and see and see it and see uh, Joe uh, with 22. So just just working it out. And also cat. I'm a big cat fan. So uh, just all the all the humor regarding the cat was excellent, in my opinion. Uh, Mr. Middens can't wait for a whole new generation of kids to name their cats like that. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, there was just so much there, but, but also like the side characters were great. Like Joe's family was 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 uh, was funny. Uh, the band was was pretty entertaining and pretty like menacing. Like I, I like how they, they they always kept them in the in, in a dark space because it, it always kept them I don't know, shining. They're, like they were they were they were very interesting. Uh, the barbershop scene I think is also excellent. It's just. They just like I said, the movie just wastes no time. It's always going with with, with something really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that barbershop scene. Actually, the the part where he's talking to Dez about his life and whatnot, and Twenty Two is asking the hard questions, and even says, you know, the right the right thing. I guess the right and the wrong thing. You know, oh, I'm sorry, your life is so unhappy that you didn't get to fulfill your purpose. Yeah. And you know, and Dez comes back and like, no, what? What? Well, slow down there, man. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm happy yeah. with how my life's turned out. Like, you know, just because. I didn't come to bed does not mean I'm miserable. Like it just, you know, my life turned out different. That's not always a bad thing. And uh, very much this Pixar, to me at least, you know, speaking to its core audience of, you know, we've grown up on Pixar, you know, all of us. You know, we we were there for Toy Story, there for Toy Story 2, 3, 4, dealing with, you know, going to college, you know, Dory dealing with her family. Pixar is really good at that, at, at growing up with its audience. And I feel like that was a moment of speaking to its audience and being like, look, just because life doesn't turn out the way you expect it does not make it bad. Um, maybe a little on the nose, but that's what I think. Well, it was also interesting when 22 or 22 in Joe left the barbershop or was about to leave. And Des was really happy that uh, Joe was actually talking to him for once, yeah. like about his life. And that's how he created a relationship. So Joe, who's the cat right now, uh, understands that in a way that he's been consumed by his own purpose, fulfilling his own purpose, that he didn't look what, with what was around him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun, like you're seeing the light, like, uh, oh, hello, like the little light bulb mm-hmm. yeah. come out. So that was interesting. Yeah. It's just... Oh, there's so much going on. Uh, let me take a moment to talk about the animation because, wow, like this is the best looking, like realistic animation that Pixar has ever done. Like the city looks amazing. The the apartments look amazing. The barbershop, like, like every time they go into a place or they, they would zoom in into a place. When the movie started and we're in that classroom, like, I remember seeing like all the desks and the the boards and everything, and it, everything just fo- almost photorealistic. Like even like mm-hmm. even Joe, who looks very much like a cartoon character, um, and, and and everyone does. There's still something that looks very like uncanny valley, very realistic about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pair that up with the animation in the in the Soul World, which is very uh, very dark, but but very angular also. And, and, you know, you combine that with the Jerry's who are 2d and, and God, this is a, this is a treat for the eyes. Like, it's just like the, the animation in this is both manages to capture both sides of like very creative looking because um, it's, it's like the, the, the argument that people use with, with video games, like, Oh, okay. It looks realistic. So what? Like that, we can see a movie that looks realistic. Like we want to see something creative. This movie manages to do both. Uh, when we're in the human world, everything looks almost photorealistic. This, this New York looks amazing. Um, looks alive. Yeah, but it was kind of this... tricking the mind of whether it was real or cartoon. You were always yeah. like, wait, it's a cartoon or yeah. it's animated. It was so interesting. Very uncanny valley, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when we're in the soul world, like all the lights and the squares and everything just look very creative. Mm. Love it. I yeah. hope Pete Doctor never stops making movies. I, 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 I'm loving this right now. Well, to still a quote from you, um, it got experimental, and I loved that. I loved how the transition from him, you know, when he was dying and he had going to, you know, towards the great beyond and whatnot. Yeah. They got experimental, very experimental um, in a lot of ways. And I think, if anything, that's where Pixar shines, you know. They, they're at their best when they experiment. When it came to Bugs Life, they experimented with, you know, having more figures on the screen or whatnot. When it came to, you know, Dory, they 
realistic water. Uh, the Incredibles, there's a scene, uh, there, there was a popular meme, you'll probably remember it, where um, it's, uh, it's a screenshot from the trailer and on top it says, why did it take 12 years to make The Incredibles 2? And you see how realistic it is to a point where you can see the little fuzzies on oh, yeah. Mr. Incredible's shirt in like high def. It's like, oh, that's why. Because this yeah. film, the film, the pre-production started in 2006. Four years? Four years though for a Pixar movie is kind of fast. Typically Pixar takes like five or more. Like they they don't rush for anybody. Even the fucking mouse can wait. Oh, you mean 2016? <laughs> yeah, they, they, started, yeah, they started in 2016. Oh, okay. Um, okay. When they started this movie. So it's, again, they didn't rush it. They, they took their time and they said, look, this is a concept. We need to fully explore it. And we need to approach it in every realistic way. But Pixar, I think this is the first time in a while. I feel like the ending was somewhat predictable, but I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first Pixar film in a couple of years that hasn't made that did not make me cry. But that's not bad. That's <laughs> not bad. That's not a loss because I still very much uh, enjoyed it. I, I, I have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we were taken? We, we, like, uh, okay, let, no, let, let, let me rephrase it. Cut, cut this out. Um, how, how do I say this? Would it have been better if we had seen this in the theater instead of at home? Like, do you think the experience would have been better if we had been able to see it in theaters or do you think it was it was like fine as a, as a streaming? Because this was going to be in theaters, but, you know, COVID. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, I enjoyed it here at home because it was kind of like we got to discuss it. You know, in the movie theaters, you can't really talk or yeah. stuff like that. Uh, so it was kind of like, wow, look at that animation or wow, look, do you think this touches a little bit on death? Oh, they are going full on death. Um, A big thing was, I didn't know what this movie was about. Like, I didn't watch trailers. I just saw, like, glimpses of it. Um, I saw a cat, and I saw Joe. That was it. And then, so going into the movie, it was kind of like going blind. So for me, I guess that helped it being at home also, because it was, like, brand new. Okay. You know? Yeah. What about you? Um, I think the best part about watching it at home was just the fact that I could pause it. Uh, because no, because we had a lot to discuss. Like we were discussing the ideas as the film was going, we would stop and talk about it for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap, they're actually talking about heaven and hell. Like they're actually going all the way there. And it's like, oh, this is the you seminar, you know, the pre, pre-existence and then post-existence and, you know, all these other stuff. Um, yeah, we were stopping it like every like 10 minutes or so just to discuss like what they were doing at that point. Um, so no, I don't think we lost anything by watching it at home. You know, if anything, the fact that it's more accessible to a lot, to a wider audience, cause, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of, uh, in particular, I think, uh, older men would love to watch this movie that would not take, they wouldn't go to the theaters, but because they have, they have to watch it in quotation marks, have to watch it with their families at home. They're exposed to a great film that's technically for kids, but I'd argue speaks more to adults. And I think because we were, they were able to watch it at home, at home, they were exposed to a great piece of art, you know, that this film is. Well, I think uh, a big thing with adults though, um, yes, it does uh, talk to a lot of adults, but I think a great deal it talks with kids mm-hmm. because uh, we forget that kids go through death as well. Yeah. You know, they see it, they experience it. It's just a little taboo to talk about. And that's where I think that um, Soul kind of took it another level. It's like, no, we're going to discuss it. And like um, now it's touching uh, kids' lives as well as adults. And it's kind of helping the balance, like see, like we're not all so different. We're all going through the same thing and seeing the, you know, the nuances of life. If anything, I think kids will benefit from seeing an adult not struggle, but, you know, see them going through, you know, a lot of feelings and, you know, being vulnerable because uh, I, I think kids usually see adults as very stoic and very, you know, oh, they have everything figured out. They know everything that's going on. And the fact that they managed to put an adult man who I think is in his 30s, I think, um, not struggling, but 
do uh, but not yet fulfilled, like still chasing that dream, I think it's gonna lay a lot of uh, a lot of kids into a lot of calm because it's gonna be like, okay, good. I don't have to have everything figured out by the time I'm 17. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Because they're not, and and most adults don't. I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but they are still, you know, looking for that thing that that you know drives them. We're and still figuring I, it out. Yeah, they're, they're they're still figuring it out, and there's a lot of pressure for 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 younger audiences. I think you two touched into a subject that I really wanted to tackle, which was yes, the the, the generational breach of this uh, of this film. I think, don't don't quote me on this. I think this might be the first Pixar film that is more for adults than it is for kids. I'll be honest, if I had watched it as a kid, I don't think I would have liked it as much as I like it now. I think there's more for adults than for kids in this one. I think kids can get a lot of it too, like like, like I just mentioned, but I think I think just perhaps there is more for adults here than for kids. I just, like, like I said, seeing the adult struggle, seeing, uh, seeing how it's never too late to like find you know, joy in, 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 in what makes you, in what, in just living, in just regular old living, like, like, like he told 22, uh, that scene where, when he's talking with 22 and they, they see all his life and they see him, uh, in all his failed auditions and him in the subway and he meeting that pie in the sub, I cannot erase that scene from my head where he's eating the pie at, at the diner. And he looks so sad in his, in his memory, but then when he have, when he's having that, 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 uh, that whole recollection of him at the beach or him at the subway or him eating that pie. And he's just, he's just, you realize that you, you see him that in that moment and you're like, I know exactly what that moment is like. I've been in that subway. I've been in that diner. I've been, I've been at that beach in that moment where you're just, you're just kind of living and just vibing in that, in that moment. And you know, you're happy there and you kind of forget that those moments exist in your entire life. And I don't know. I just, I think, without dialogue without sound just with that score which i'll talk about about the score in a second but i love how they were able to capture that and i don't know if kids i'm not saying kids don't get it but i'm i'm saying this i think was more oriented oriented towards adults is is what i'm what i'm getting through Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're right um i guess they're trying to reach adults now too because with Incredibles 2, it was kind of like, oh, all the adults went to go see it. Yeah. You know, like uh, that was the demographic they were trying to, well, that they weren't necessarily trying to hit, but it ended up being that way. So maybe yeah. they were trying to steer that direction going towards the adults. I mean, they got us. So we're there. <laughs> but uh, for kids or adults, but adults too, it's like, yeah, we experienced that struggle. Like we've all been through that where it's kind of like we're stuck in one place trying to work through it. Like um, they show that accountant or who was he? The hedge fund manager that I, I felt so manager. sorry for. I was like, oh, fuck. I and we've all been there where it's like, it's just the mundane going through routine, have to get it right, have to get it right, have to get it right. And then you're like, wait, why what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like you have, you need that epiphany. Yeah. That soul telling you like, it's, you don't need it, you know, or <laughs> that, like maybe that guy, and that's I okay. was what. I was watching that scene and I'm like, that's going to be me in like two weeks. Like I can, just, <laughs> I can see it coming. And like, I, I, I saw this one with my family and just in that, in that scene, my mom just turned to me and be like, that's you. Like that's oh, God. <laughs> and like, if we were in a pandemic, that would have been me already. Like just explode. Like, what am I doing? Fuck this yeah. place. God. Well, you know, we all had also jobs, right? Like little yeah. jobs here and there. Like I know I worked at like Subway and Wingstop and yeah. it, it was always to the point where I was like, you know what? And I would try my best. I would be full time, all that, all that. But they would ask so much that it was like, wait, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like driving myself crazy trying to be perfect. And then it's like, you know, you don't need that. I know you need a job, but you don't need to be like obsessing yeah. over it. You know, you were like, you were like, fuck this. I'm going to Jimmy John's. <laughs> they got better cookies. Hey. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, that's all right. Sub- Subway has better cookies. That's yes, no, 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 <laughs> no. Fuck Jimmy John's. Their owner goes and hunts for animals. Fuck that guy. Oh, okay. funny enough. My Subway manager got a job at Jimmy John's. <laughs> 
Does she still work at Jimmy John's? Yeah, no, they closed down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck Jimmy John's. Not gonna lie, Jimmy John's pretty good sandwiches. Pretty what? good. What? Their sandwiches were trash. I like their sandwiches. I it's just they they just put the right amount of meat, the right amount of of, of mayo, and just uh, uh, the, the bread was always you know nice and cold. It was. I don't okay, know. No, I don't know. No, no. It's not it, it was too Subway. much bread. It's dude. not better than Subway, but no, I, I like bread. That's oh, I love Quiznos, but they they're not around anymore. Yeah, but they don't toast their subs. So yes, they no, do. No, wait, they do. No, wait, they do. No, they Jimmy did. Past tense. They're closed now. I miss Quiznos. Bring it back. <laughs> oh, we. I'm sorry, we got on sandwiches. That was my fault. Let's no, go back just, to the movie. They're good sandwiches. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the real subject. Why do you like? Creamy peanut butter. That's that. that that's that's oh, the real travesty of the situation. The old, the old feud that won't die. <laughs> you saw the jar? No, I ate it. Oh, okay, good. Good. That was like three years ago, man. What are you? T- and creamy is better because of the consistency of the sandwich. You don't want to be like biting your tongue or biting a random object. It could hey, be a bug. I, you don't know. If I die, I die. That's that, if that's how I go. That's how I go. That's the chance I'm willing to take. That's the chance I'm willing to take. It. That's the chance that Joe was willing to take when he when he was in this. Go movie. down the that's, subway. Yeah, that's how. He... Actually, no, he wasn't willing to take. He came back. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, oh wait, he felt he got trapped by Terry when Twenty Two was in his body. Remember Terry? Yeah. Uh, tricks him, which Terry, that poor kid. Real quick, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing. When, oh, yeah. Uh, when he traps that poor guy that uh, were, uh, I think Joe was like, oh, he's just, he's just insults me to cover up his own insecurities because yeah, he doesn't feel fulfilled with his life. I was like, yeah. you could deep, Joe. He starts walking <laughs> off and Terry traps him in the great beyond. He's like, oh, sorry about that. You okay, right? And the guy's just freaking out like, mm, I want to go home. I want to go home. That, I couldn't stop laughing. That fucking broke me. That, <laughs> that's that's the scene that broke me in this movie. I couldn't. I was almost crying. Yeah. Oh God. Um, you know, and I respect Terry. I'm yeah, sorry, but he did his job, job very well. He enjoyed his job. He though. enjoyed his job. Yeah. He was but like, you know, I'm gonna it, count. It never felt personal, you know. He was just, just doing his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I like, I like how that how they have that scene at the end where you know after he gets Joe and and was like, okay, Terry, so we gathered all here today to give you this trophy that you requested we give you. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. And then they take it away from him. Yeah, and then they're, they're like, like, oh, we're going to take, take this back. back. Uh, <laughs> yoink. That, that, that's why I like the Jerry's because they're just, they're just, they always feel like, like they're, they're never mad. They're, they're, they're never upset. They, even, they don't even dislike Terry. They're, they're just there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they fuck with him once. Yeah, at the end. <laughs> we worked it out with Terry. What's that over there? Yoink. Well, I want to know, like, I didn't really catch it. Maybe I was looking at my phone at the moment. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, but how did they mix up Joe? Like the count, oh. they got him mixed up with a person. So how did that mix up? Did it, was that person actually dead? Or they just like switched the souls? Or how did that work out? I think the whole thing with the cat was, was no way that, that was after, right? Mm-hmm um i think i mean with the the oh because his soul his soul was missing from going to the great beyond because he he jumped into that thing and he fell and then he fell into like the so that that, that, that's why they confused him for uh for uh for the people in the seminar for the yeah because he he refused to go but what was that who where was that guy joe borganoff he just he took his name tag yeah and oh he just but where was that guy Oh yeah. Like oh. they 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 Ooh. just left him out altogether. It was kind of like, okay, well, is he still alive or is we, he in the great beyond? And they just, just missed it. the count. We just didn't touch on that because then they would miss two characters because it was like Joe running off and then yeah, Borgonoff. Maybe he just didn't want to do it. Maybe Borgonoff was like, you know what? I've done enough. I've saved enough of you people. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, I was That's... like, okay, he's missing. Where is he? Nobody okay. Cared. Okay. So this movie is no longer uh, a ten out of ten. Now it's a nine point eight out of ten because it's uh, because we found a we found a plot hole. Uh, Look, man, in a movie about souls, the great beyond, the the you seminar, and all this other stuff, I will fucking accept like one or two plot holes. <laughs> 
the fact that they that they that this movie has less plot holes than Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, the fact that this movie has less plot holes than. Oh wow! You diss the mouse while praising the mouse. <laughs> you did. You did <laughs> something. I'm praising there, Pixar. You? Fuck Disney. I'm praising Pixar. Oh, and if y'all didn't know, he doesn't like big corporations. Eddie here. Oh yeah. So he'll diss Disney and Amazon and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, but yet. You- well, I don't like corporations with no soul. Yeah. Amazon. Yeah, he orders and watches. From yeah. Hmm. Hey, you well, ordered all the Christmas first. gifts from Amazon this year. I wanted to go hey, to the I'm, stores. Hey, I'm I'm for Amazon. I love it. What was the what, what was that quote from uh, the Good Place? What are they? How do we refer to all of them? To consumerism, to capitalism. There's no in capitalism. There's no eth- There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. There it is. That's oh, the there we go. Okay. Yeah. There's no ethical consumption. So it's like, yeah, I don't like Jeff Bezos. I don't like billionaires. I like their corporations. But, but I like Disney movies. So <laughs> they got me. Uh, hey, the second there's like an indie movie um, streaming service, sure, I'll go to them. But, you know, they have to be funded first. So what else do we have to say about Soul? What else did you like? What, what's in your notes? I, I, I want to know what's in your notes. I have a lot in my notes, but um, okay. okay uh, I was thinking about this when we were talking, yeah. but I thought it was interesting that it talks about the different people. So it's okay. like, it was talking about uh, realists and dreamers. Mm-hmm. And it was talking about like an in-between. The what ifs. The what ifs. It was also talking about coma patients. To where yeah. they're like in between the balance of like life and death. And it's kind of like that whole um, thing where it is unheard of. You know, um, it's not explained to why coma patients come back mm-hmm. or why they just suddenly degress. So it's kind of interesting that they kind of played on that. It's like Joe had to go through this whole thing mm-hmm. within another dimension to come back and he still ends up as a cat. It was like, wow, <laughs> he still couldn't come back directly, you know? He had to learn, he had a lesson to learn. He couldn't just, you know, just very easily come back because he would have returned to the same life that he had. Yeah, and, <clears throat> yeah. and it, it, it's, it's not until he fully returns that he does the thing that he wants and he realizes, yeah, this is, th- this made me so happy and this is what I've wanted to do for so long, but it's not, it, it it didn't fill me up mm-hmm. and yeah that's where that, that's where expectations you know end up failing him um well, i want to talk a little bit yeah oh sorry ahead. what about Moonwind? that's where i was going the yeah. guru i liked <laughs> yeah. him i love him he was uh i i, I want to talk specifically about the zone like when they're in the zone and how he's always in the zone because he's this guy that like just he has the sign you know that, that he's just doing the flips with the sign mm-hmm. um oh god I, I love how they explain that and the movie does such a good job in like doing those really fast cuts where with with, with the jokes and with the humor and when moonwing comes up in the in that 60s uh ship and he's got the music and he's just vibing and he just knows what what what, what everything is happening oh god it was it was it was really funny i i like the voice too the he's voiced by uh graham norton the one with the talk show with the british one with the with the three with he's got like three or four guests at the same time he was he he was really good in that um i yeah. thought it was gonna be john I love, his character. I thought it was gonna be one of the beatles <laughs> legit i thought huh this is kind of cool because they do name drop some famous people in this film uh, yeah and historical people so i thought yeah lennon okay mm-hmm. i think lennon is dead man no, that's what I mean. Though. Like, I didn't know he was going to be a living person. I thought he was just like one of the souls oh, that got okay. away that they were like, oh, fuck oh. it, he can exist. Yeah. Because even in the afterlife, if you're famous enough, they'll let you continue. <laughs> hmm. The moon wind is the guru that would find the souls. I yeah. thought that was interesting. Like, he was yeah. able to go into different dimensions and he yeah. was conscious of it. Yeah. So it's kind of like other people would think he's crazy, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. I guess like you have that too, yeah. talking more about people. It's like, oh, that guy's crazy. What's he talking about? But maybe he really has something. Maybe he know? gets it, yeah. He gets he it. Know, he knows something we don't. <laughs> so how many yeah. of those crazy guys on the street corners are actually prophets? Because if so, we're fucked. 
I mean, how many people that we saw with signs that said the end is near and look at us now, you know, just, just locked inside. Oh God. It's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. This film, what kind of acid do you think he was tripping on when he like came up with the concept? Like, I just want to know like what kind it was. I think Pete Doctor is just a very creative person. I think, I think, uh, I, I remember him talk when he did Inside Out, he was talking about how he based it a lot on his daughter and on his family. I, I don't think it's too far, far fetched to say that he probably had a, a very Joe experience where he probably was doing the same thing every day. He just didn't feel like he was, you know, he got his due. I think it's more personal than we think. I, I, I saw that, you know, you, you it's funny you mentioned that it took them like four years to make this film. I saw that him and the, the other co-writer for the script, I saw that they, it took them like more than a year to create Joe. Like just in, like, just in, in like, not just in design, but like on what he was going to do and what he was going to represent. Like mm-hmm. I heard that it took them a long time. And the only thing that they had is, oh, he has to be a jazz musician. That was the, the, the that was their only like thing to start, and they just created everything after that. So, mm-hmm. so they were like, well, he's a jazz musician, so he obviously has to be black. You know, we, we don't want another La La Land controversy here. And uh, and, they, and, they, and they, they they just kept working on top of that until they finally created that they crafted Joe out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys curious to see like what comes of 22 by the end or are you satisfied that it's just oh she lives and we just don't know what what's happening well we kind of discussed that at the end too it's like well we want to know what happened to 22 yeah and i had my theory like well she's a new soul right so she'll have to be a baby right a newborn like going into the life and then what did you think uh part of me so there were two things one was most of the other souls. She's the by far the oldest soul, bar none. Like it's not a debate, right? Yeah. I was thinking, but she's not gonna be born with that knowledge, you know? She's not. Well, no. Yeah. See, I was thinking, what if she's just smarter than most other people? Like, you know, what if she's just, you know, she has more experience in the you in the you seminar. So, what if she's just uh, a brighter person, you know, smarter person? Part of me wanted her to run into Joe, but they didn't know. Like he knew, oh, you're 22. Like he was older. Like I wanted the movie, like the last thing in the movie to be 22 years in the future or something like that. Yeah. Where he's still like a jazz musician. He's a teacher and he runs into some kid who talks a lot, who like is obsessed with fire or something. You know? <laughs> and likes pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, who doesn't like pizza? <laughs> and he, he's just like... Yeah. When were you born? She's like, oh, May 22nd or something like that. You know, like something like that. A lot on the 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been somebody, somebody tried. <laughs> There's a, you, you you know how the, the, every time a Pixar movie comes out, they're like, oh, how are we going to fit this into like the Pixar, uh, what's called the theory where like they say that everything's connected. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, uh, oh, what if she's born and she becomes a kid, a baby, and then she's boo for Monster Sink? And I feel like that's too much, but I don't think it's too far. A little I like, far-fetched. I feel like that's far-fetched. cheapy. I feel like a better thing is, like, actually what happened was those souls in Woody and in Buzz, all the toys have souls that also come from there when they miss. You just you, oh you, you just want to connect this to Toy Story, don't you? Like, Again, love Toy Story. Hey, yeah. maybe that's how the cars are alive. Maybe <laughs> that's how the bugs are able to speak to each other. Maybe. Uh, the less I think about. Uh, it, it, you know what? This is the first Pixar film that officially has no involvement from Lasseter. So the Here less I think the less I think about him and the less I think about cars, like the happier I am. So this is <laughs> look, man, I know Lasseter. I can't excuse it. God damn. No, you can't. I can't. No, you can't. Like I'm not even gonna dare. He's a bastard. Like no, like, he's a bastard. I can't. I just. I I guess for some newbies like me, I don't know what you all are talking about. Oh, okay. Can you explain oh. a little bit? Sure. So Oof. John Lasseter was the head of Pixar. He was he was a pretty well known person. He wore these Hawaiian shirts, and he was he directed the first uh, Toy Story. He directed the first Cars. He he's always been an ever present presence in Pixar. He's a pretty he, well beloved person by the he, community. He and basically he done fucked up. <laughs> no, he and just so you understand how big what a big deal it was. He basically carried Pixar on his back for the first what three movies, four movies. Yeah. He did Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story Two, like the man was a machine. Cars. I, I would uh, and cars. You're I, like, oh, hate cars. <laughs> like I would legit say, if no Lasseter, no Pixar. Like I, I, I don't totally. think that's a stretch. 
So, um, so you like Lassiter and I liked Lassiter. Eddie likes Lassiter and Chema doesn't. Uh, because yeah, of cards. That's, no, no, no. no, no. Uh, okay, how he, come? Uh, he got me too. He got me too. Yeah, that's what that's what I say. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. he had a fucking fall from grace, and yeah. I, I can't like, I hate the fact that he's so intertwined with my childhood. But well, yeah. for me, I wasn't really a big Pixar fan until The Incredibles. Okay. So Pixar, it's kind of yeah. like I missed the whole Lassiter boat like mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, Eddie can tell you that Toy Story not really my thing. Sorry. It's okay. It's just not. <laughs> it creeped me out as a kid. I was okay. like, "Why are toys alive?" It would freak me out. Okay. Oh, so that that's that, that's why you like Incredibles because it's like, okay, these are people. <laughs> yes, just Is fire that a Christmas babies. ornament. <laughs> yes, that's my Woody Christmas. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's cute. That's how much I love Toy Story and fucking last year just ruined. <laughs> and I accept you. That's okay. <laughs> like the crunchy and creamy, you know, it's fine with the peanut butter. It's fine. God damn it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. No, it's it's just that yeah. So Lasseter, not only he directed those films, he was also like the head of story. Like every Pixar film went through his desk, I and see. he he added his notes, and he was ever present. So this is the first film that no, there's no mention of him in the credits. He's not producing. He already left Pixar, and this is the first one without his involvement. And what a breath of fresh air, man! It's it's it's. Mm-hmm. It was nice. It was so good, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was it was a sign of the times. I don't know if it was just a definitely you know diff- different direction. I love Pete Doctor. I like this director. I hope he stays. I, love, I hope he keeps making films. Uh, when we when we talked about Inside Out, when we did the review, we talked about how this is the first Pixar film that I said I I wouldn't mind a sequel because I kind of got tired of all the Pixar sequels, and this is the one where I'm like I want to see her grow up. I want to see her go through puberty. I want to see her you know maybe start dating. I, I, I want to see her the go same through so thing. Much. Yeah. What, yeah. What if she's Riley? There's an idea. You know. I'm looking back at their at their history, yeah, and I think this might be their second best original film since probably Up. You dissing my you dissing Coco right now? No, no, that's why that's why I said it might. The only thing that I can think of that's better than this is Coco. Like I liked Inside Out, but I know you loved Inside Out. I I liked Onward, but oh, I loved Inside Out too, and also Coco. Coco was amazing. No, that that also touched death. Coco might be the best one of them all. (laughs) You know, Coco, it touched death as well, Mm -hmm. and I guess that's where they kind of came up with this one, Soul. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think uh, basis. I think after after Up, and you know, Coco, they 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 started to, to, to go like, okay, uh, let us do like baby steps, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then this one is like, okay, we're in, you know, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's just, let's just go, go all the way with it. I'm not going to lie. This might be my favorite Pixar film since inside out. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and I've loved the films that have come out. I've learned to appreciate onward a little bit more. The, uh, after it came out, the less I take it seriously, the more I like it. But this this is my jam like this is the kind of things that i want to see the best animation studio in the world do like i want mm-hmm. to see them evolve i want to see them do great things mm-hmm. and this is the great things that i wanted to see them do so mm-hmm. i love this movie i also thought mm-hmm. it was i love it too you have a good point like it it like revamped what everybody else was talking about like with inside out and stuff like that um but a cool thing also is that, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this one, they made the protagonist also the antagonist. Yeah. Because the whole time I was thinking like, well, who's really the bad guy? You know, and you thought like Terry kind of had something going on, but no, he's just doing his job. Uh, his mom, but she just wanted security for him, you know, and it was kind of like, well, Joe was his own worst enemy yeah that was the whole point of the movie right yeah listen to that christopher nolan that's why that's what you got wrong in tenet um, can, you, can you imagine <laughs> if christopher nolan directed a pixar film i want to fucking see that i want to live in a universe where that happens uh, i want to punch christopher nolan in the face right now i'm upset at him why for tenant <laughs> not for tenant just he's been an asshole the whole year like it's just yeah. You're not incorrect. I can't defend it, man. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with my the, the 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 directors that I love being 
assholes. Why? You know what they say, don't meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. No. Yeah. <laughs> I know I never want to meet Undertaker or Shawn Michaels, all right? I know. I hope Didn't Tom they... Hanks is nice. I want to meet Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks seems nice. Oh. <laughs> Watch, I'm the one person who treats like shit the one time. <laughs> No, Tom, Tom Hanks Tom, is a treasure. Tom Hanks cameoed in the new Borat film. Like that that's all you gotta know about oh him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't want to see it now. Oh no, he like I don't I, I don't know if you saw if y'all saw the new Borat film. No? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so <laughs> I'll I'll explain the joke. So halfway through them making that film, coronavirus started. So they had to implement that into the story. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And the whole joke is that Borat is the one that had the virus and he brought it to the United States and he, yeah. So they make this joke about him traveling through several continents and he's in Australia and he stops by Australia and he bumps into Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks had coronavirus when he was in Australia. <laughs> so they record a scene where, where he meets him and like, oh, Tom Hanks, nice to meet you here. Let me take a selfie. And that's the joke that he gave him coronavirus. He gave Tom Hanks. <laughs> he almost killed Tom Hanks. Yes. Goodness. I remember I texted you when we found out he had the virus. And I was just like, yeah. I swear to God, 2020, don't you fuck around right now. <laughs> oh, I also liked in This Is Us, they also uh, talked about who, uh, also talked about Tom Hanks too. Um, yeah. I know this is us. I we're name dropping a lot, but yeah. since we're going that direction, in this yeah. is us, um, Randall uh, sees on his phone because they're also talking about coronavirus and they're kind of going back to when it first started, and it's like, oh, he's reading for the first time that Tom Hanks has COVID, yeah, and then he's like, oh man, I gotta talk to Kate. This has to be a phone call and you know like it's it, because it touches everybody you know yeah. tom hanks is a national treasure he really fucking yeah. is yeah <sighs> all right so okay final thoughts on soul ladies and gentlemen final thoughts on soul i think soul was wonderful it revitalized pixar it made them it it, it breathed new air into animation i think uh the story was so original. The way it was told was so original. I think Pete Doctor is an auteur. I think he's one of the best working directors right now. I think Pixar is back on top uh, of, of my graces in here. I have no complaints about this film. And at the end of a year that felt so hard and so difficult, it was so nice to watch something that just made me feel so good again. It felt like that same feeling that you get when you're walking out. Of, we've felt this before where we're walking outside of a theater and we're going like, that was so good. Like, I'm glad I took time out of my day to do this. It just felt good. This is exactly how it felt. I, I sucked that I had to wait till the end of the year for this, but it's just, man, what a note to end the year on. What a half note to end the year on. I love it. I think it's a 10 out of 10. Wow. You guys? Sure. Um, I also thought it was an incredible movie. You know, you couldn't go wrong with it. Well, there was easy chance to go wrong with it, but watching it, it was like, it touched everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, from just with the pizza or him playing the piano, like you felt the experiences at the same time because it was like hitting nostalgia back and forth. Because it was like even the maple leaf, you know, when you first smell it and or you mm-hmm. grab it from the air, it's like magic, you know, like bubbles, you know, when kids play. Yeah. It was kind of playing into your kid factor. And also I like that it didn't directly touch it onto any religion. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Like it was kind of playing in all mm-hmm. walks of it where it was like life and death. But it wasn't saying like, oh, Christianity, or it wasn't talking about, um, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. It walked the eggshells very well. Very well. And so it was a, actually a pleasure to watch because you're watching an adult go through things. And also it's showing the nostalgia like you were kids. It was hitting kids. It was hitting adults. Mm-hmm. Just very dynamic. Mm-hmm. That's probably a better word. Eddie? Um, a film I didn't think I was going to like this much. Genuinely, I went into it like, uh, I, okay, I guess. Like, I guess I went into it thinking this is going to be a chore. 
but I was immediately surprised right from the get-go because I didn't know it had anything to do with jazz. Like, I didn't realize how much it had to do with it. I love the soundtrack, which is a big deal to me. The animation was beautiful. The concept was great. The writing was amazing. The story was good. Like, for me, story comes first. More than anything else, it's story. And then if you can nail that, you can do something good. To quote, uh, to quote George Clooney, you can make a bad movie from a good script, but you can never make a good movie from a bad script. And this script was very good. Two French kisses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Is it my favorite Pixar film ever? It's not, but that's that's a pretty unfair question. Yeah. Um, their best original film since The Incredibles, with the exception of Coco. One last thing. The movie benefits from multiple watches. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example, when I was re-watching it uh, the, the, the second time, when the movie starts and you see Joe, you know, teaching the class and the students suck, uh, there's the one student that's really good, the, the one that, that, that later goes to his apartment. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about Connie. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so she stands up and she keeps playing. And after watching it the second time, I'm like, oh, she's in the zone. Mm-hmm. Like like there, right at the start. I'm like, oh, she's, she, she's in, literally in that zone, like uh, right at the start. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so things like that I think work best when you're when you're watching it again. So I think the movie would benefit will benefit from multiple watches. I think it's a movie that people will rewatch several times, and hopefully it's not one of those movies that comes out we love it, we talk about it, and we forget it exists a couple months. I hope it stays. I really hope mm-hmm. people rewatch it. I'll go out of my limb to say that it might be. This hasn't happened in a while, but only three films have been three animated films have been nominated for best picture. We still don't know if there's going to be an Oscars this year, but I don't think it would be too far to say maybe mm-hmm. this will definitely win Best Animated Feature, but I is it too it long to say possibly Best Picture material? Because I get really excited when an animated film gets nominated for anything. So, Well, it's only been, like, what, it was Toy Story 3, Beauty and the Beast, right? And what was the other one? Up. Up? Really? Up was nominated? Yeah. Wow, and that's when it was harder. Yeah. Wow. I don't think it's too far. It's it's too far. Um, hopefully, hopefully we see. I mean, we don't even know if there's gonna be an Oscars, but there will be. Let's see. fucking face it. If there's an NFL season, there's gonna be an Oscars. Oh, speaking yeah. of sports, real quick, poor Knicks. That little burn. Oh that my god, that's right. We didn't I've been talk fucking about with this team for years, and I was like, oh, and the Knicks <laughs> lose again. The Knicks another- joke was amazing. God, I lost my shit so many times. This movie is so underratedly funny. I bet yeah. those parents like watching that movie was like, huh? <laughs> the I hope the owner of the Knicks watched this movie. I hope the, <laughs> I, I know for a fact he has a daughter because uh, she, your brother, went to school with her apparently. Uh, oh, I know wow, for name f- dropping. I know. No, no, but, but I, I hope his daughter showed him this movie. Don't give away so the location, like, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I like how they, they, they also managed to like keep that going with like the New York theme. Like it's, it's the next, so it's the theme from New York. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it fit, like it, it was good. It felt like a New um, York City movie. It was funny. Yeah, <laughs> the Carl Jung joke also also killed me. Oh, one of my, like probably the scene that I laughed the most was when he gets into the body of the cat and they, and they go like, wait, so I'm here, you're here. What happens to the cat? And they just show like the, the soul of the cat just oh, slowly so, moving. Oh, that was another thing. What yeah. soul was in the cat after Joe got his body back? Cats have nine lives. Yeah, no, yeah. That's no. the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. I had the same question and I was talking with another friend of mine re- recently and I, and, and I told her like, what happened to the cat? And she's like, cats have nine lives. That's why he came back. No, get out of here. Because when Terry got Joe to go back into the dimension he couldn't go back and that's because he was the cat he should have went back then it should have been easy i just want i just want that shot that shot of the soul cat just like slowly being dragged <laughs> and, and then, and then come cuts back. Off. <laughs> and then it cuts off me like two seconds just like oh that was that was so funny oh, oh that God. was nice to see too that like uh cats and Dogs i guess go pets go, can go to heaven or the great beyond sorry we're not going yes i love how they were so like on point politically with like the what they were calling everything (laughs) is this he double hockey sticks no it's the you seminar (laughs) we're rebranding it's rebranding yeah 
Yeah. In the customer service department, we call that positioning of information. Oh, <laughs> Give yes. Correct expectations. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Love it. Uh, go watch. If you haven't seen I mean, you, if you've seen it, if, you, if you've heard the review so far, you've obviously already watched it or you don't care about spoilers. Please watch this movie. It's probably going to be the first, it's going to be the, the movie that we're not going to be able to track a, a box office or anything. So do go watch it. It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's, it's definitely a, a worthwhile 90 minutes of your life that you're going to just be left inspired. Agreed. If you're listening to us on YouTube, you can follow us on any of our links down below. If you're listening to us via podcast, please like and sub- subscribe to us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. We, we, we also get it wrong. We also get it wrong every single time. I mean, we, I get it right every time. We get it wrong every single time. Show her the receipts. Show her the, the draft. Don't lie. Don't lie to her. I need it written down. Um, please like and su- okay. <laughs> cut. Please like and subscribe via podcast. We would really appreciate it. She sounds like she's got a gun like in her back, like <laughs> say it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> That's how I feel. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll cut the words. Don't worry. Wow. I'll, make, I'll make it make sense. I'm a wizard. I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> Damn right. She's going to be in the car like, motherfucker. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He took out my subscribe. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to hear more about our thoughts on movies, go to therollback.net. I've been Eddie. I'm Nikki. And I was Chema. And this was The Rollback. The Rollback. Yes. Yes. Okay. Perfectly every time. Yay. Okay.